Tom Parry. Hi, Matt. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Um, That's a different one, yeah. isn't it? I don't usually come back with that one. You did, and it threw me. I was just like... I'm trying to keep yeah, you on your toes, right. Matthew. You know, I'm nearly 300 episodes. We've got to, like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> change it up every now and again. 300 episodes. Who would have thought that? Okay, let's just not do like the fancy intro then, Tom Parry. Let's get straight down to business if that's how you want to do it. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Look at you, like three. You're you've got your eyes on that three hundred, and you're just like, no, we're not making about Matt. Serious yeah, let's now. Get on we've with done it, this almost three hundred yeah. times. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Why not? Why not change it up a bit? Um, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Um, been a bit of a busy week, and hmm. but other than that, okay. I did a bit of traveling last weekend, which there wasn't a podcast. Felt a bit fluey when I came back. Oh yeah, there is something going around as well here. Yeah, so it's that is time it? of the year. That time of the year. It of is. Course. I mean, to be fair, I I think mine was purely a. I was on aircraft, which never mm. is helpful. Uh, but b, just going from like thirty-five degrees or something in Spain, and then coming oh, back yeah. to Denmark, and it being oh, like yeah. eighteen was a bit of a jump in temperature, and so my body was like, ooh. But um, yeah, all good. How about you? Yeah, again. Busy, very busy, a lot going on. Uh, not had too much... Uh, I say not had too much opportunity. I probably have had opportunity to play video games. I've just been choosing to do a more passive uh, activity, such as uh, television or movie watching. Uh, Fair enough. But don't worry, I have played something. Okay, that's good. Before we do that, though, have you have you been watching any uh, certain live-action television yes. programs? Yes, uh, first two episodes of... I assume we're talking about the live-action One Piece series on Netflix. One Piece. Yes, what? we are, of course. Um, I watched it all. Oh, wow. Okay, you've watched uh, it all, right, then. Uh, I've, yeah, I, I, I wondered how much you'd have seen of it. I thought, oh, he's bound to have seen at least one or two. But you've watched the whole thing. I watched it. I watched it all. I will probably watch it all again when Marta comes home. Well, this is the situation I'm in because uh, yeah. uh, I've watched the first two. I'll probably be watching them again. Uh, I imagine when when uh, Claire returns. But uh, yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Are we going to just I have a little it's... chat about that? Yeah. For, I, for, for I, five I will... minutes or so. Yeah. I, I, we don't need to go into it for too long. I no. think it's good. Um, I think obviously that like there are certain moments that i'm like oh this doesn't feel as good as the anime or this doesn't feel as good as the manga but i understand that you need to do some of those things for like adaption to live action which is Mm. something i don't know read i've read a lot of reviews and stuff about this because i i haven't i kind of read i'm just going off what i feel yeah, yeah, no, but this is the thing. I know how I feel about it, and I think it's good. I think it's Ooh. like a solid live action adaptation mm. of something I really, really love and care about. For me, it's like it's an eight out of ten. I think there's some stuff they could have done better, but also, I am of the mind that it would be impossible for it to be one to one to the other things. 
And honestly, like, why should it be? Mm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, like, yeah, I think what they did to Vicious in the Cowboy Bebop live action was really great and justified, and I loved the side story stuff with him. But I I, I think it's great. I think yeah, it's what, really good. What I'd say is they seem to have, at least so far, got the characters right, the characterization, the actors yeah. playing the characters. They're, they're, they're really bringing them to life um, yeah, in the best way, I'd, I would say, so... And that, That's that the core almost, of it. The core of One yeah. Piece is its characters and their journeys and their relationships. So that's one hundred percent. Tom Parry agree. Mm. And like, I, I do not. Had they not nailed the characters, th- th- this thing would fall apart. Yeah. And honestly, there is so much I'm willing to forgive because, like, that I just don't understand how they can cast people so perfectly it doesn't make any sense to me yeah the casting has been fantastic so far and you you would say that overall because i haven't seen uh sanji in action or usopp yet so um they they make they make sanji a roadman and i'm i'm there for it okay it's it's, it's just like yeah it's all good i was Um, wondering does sanji smoke at all he does oh okay that's interesting so i I thought they might just you know not feature that no element if, of, to be honest right if anything <laughs> in terms of he's always he's always be smoking all all of like the character traits of like their vices are really there front and center in a way that i'm like i don't know if i can recommend my brother to watch this with his kids because like, oh there's Zorro's, some zoro drinks a lot and the violence there is swearing don't hold back on the violence either uh, the language i think boogie said something the other episode it was like whoa okay Buggy said... swears all the time, yeah. and like, yes, there obviously there's swearing in One Piece. Like every time I read it in the subtitles, I'm like, oh, that that can't like. It's like swearing in Danish. It must yeah. be like this in my is head aged in up a bit. I would say. I think consciously they they've aged up One Piece a little, in terms yes. of like at least they're making it certain scenes a lot darker. You know, maybe there's a little bit more. It's still wacky, but it's also, yeah. Bit more aged yeah, to- up, I'd to- say. tonally a little darker, but I yeah. th- I think you kind of have to do that to make most of it work in live action. Mm. So yeah, I I don't know. Like my one complaint, as I was about to say, with characters, I think they made Usopp a bit too cool. Oh yeah, Usopp's not... not cool. I wouldn't. No, say. he isn't. He's, cl- <laughs> he's it's still Usopp. Like he's yeah. still just a liar, a lying little shit back. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> he's he's still. He's less annoying in the live action. Oh, I love Usopp. Usopp's probably my favourite. No, but like, you have to admit, though, uh, where are you now in One Piece? Uh, Thriller Bark. Yeah. You're in Thriller Bark. Uh, uh, For those who are not um, reading or watching One Piece, excuse us for a second. (laughs) Yeah. I I was just going to say, like, I think after Thriller Bark, maybe an arc or two afterwards... Usopp kind of becomes less annoying, and I like him a lot more. Something something happens in the storyline where he matures a little bit. And oh, I'm totally yeah. there for it. I'm totally I'm totally up for Usopp being a coward. I totally love his lies and his ridiculous stories. <laughs> I just think he's such a sniveling arsehole for like <laughs> most of the story that I'm like, oh my god, I hate you. You're so annoying. Oh. But um. You get there. I can't like, help but love I, him. Um, yeah, I, I hope he retains realized... some of his, uh, his quirks. Going <laughs> they, no, but they, they refine him as a character, and I'm yeah. totally there for that because like he's just so annoying. Like Usopp <laughs> is just like 
he's the one member of the cast where I'm like, oh god, why why are you here? But it's fine. I I got to the point where I've accepted Usopp into my heart. I I feel yeah. like uh, yeah, it's a strong bond with Usopp. I don't know. Not with the, in the anime, like they just kind of they they kind of skip past him being an annoying shithead who runs away from everything. Like he's definitely cowardly. He's definitely like oh, and kind of gets by. But in the end, you know, when it comes down to it, he isn't a coward. He isn't. No, this is true, and yeah. he cares about his friends. Yeah. But I I think they amplify those parts of his character in the live action in a way that they don't for a long That's time. That's I'm intrigued yet. to see uh, Usopp's characterization, but I think uh, they've cast someone who looks really good in the part. I think from what what yeah, I've I seen, get... the actor I mean, just seems to have like a, a little wacky thing about him that seems to suit everyone Usopp. is perfectly cast mm. i just don't understand it because like i had seen the live action trailers and i'd seen the the guy cast luffy I'm like okay i can see you looking like luffy but are you gonna feel like luffy he does doesn't he it's like you get behind him you know his uh, enthusiasm and the characterization is yeah it's luffy he's isn't proportionally it? Yeah. luffy oh, also, also yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah it's good mm. like if you haven't seen it, if you're on the fence about it, even if you don't care about Wombies, I'd say give it a watch. I think it's pretty entertaining. Well, you can at least give it a go. It's a great story. Um, you may just get into it and enjoy it, and it may open up a whole exciting, colourful world for you to uh, enjoy. Exactly. Join us in the Church of One Piece. I went to a um, local comic book shop here in Denmark. as a chain of them called Farah Cigar yesterday. I just want to show you the, the moment of joy I had when I went there. And um, the bookshelf was just clear out of number ones, like every number one of One Piece. Oh right, like so people are just jumping shelf. on it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much so that I've seen lots of people, obviously, because I've been playing the TCG. I know you have as well. Mm. <laughs> Trying um, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so like I, I've noticed that even within like the groups I'm in, people are like, "Hey, has anyone got number one of the manga?" Anyone, like mm. especially in the Danish group I'm in, people are like, "Hey, has anyone got any old prints of number one in Danish?" Because my kid, it really wants to watch One Piece, and we don't think it's appropriate, but we'd love to give him the manga. Da 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 da. So, yeah, I I think this will hopefully be the thing that like, of it. I I was gonna say launches One Piece into the world, but I'm like, it's the longest running and most popular manga in the world. It already I, has I just, quite a following, but it's gonna get an even. They're casting the net even wider now to an audience which probably didn't even consider or know about One Piece. So. I, I think it will push One Piece into hope. Well, I hope it will. I hope people will watch this Netflix series. I hope it'll be massively successful. I hope people will get on board in it. And it will push it into the realms of like people thinking about One Piece on the same level they, they think about Dragon Ball. Not that they will potentially watch it, but it'll be in the it's, zeitgeist. It's a shame it didn't it. work out for Dragon Ball in live action. Uh, whoever was calling the shots on that uh, movie, uh, yeah, really didn't well, do much for uh, the idea of a, a live action Dragon Ball. No, but I mean, let's be honest. I hear Alita is good, but other than oh, Alita, Battle the Angel, film, oh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, I love that. But Matt, I also like Ghost in the Shell, so I don't know what that says about me because that wasn't that well received, was it? But I, I think thought, Ghost I think Ghost in the Shell is fine. I, I thought that was the best very interesting. Uh, adaptation I'd seen <laughs> up to I, that I, point. I think I think the thing is I think people are annoyed that it kind of strays a bit too far from the manga. 
Okay. I think it's yeah. very close to the anime movie from what I remember, but it's been so long since I've seen either of them. I can't really comment. I thought it was all right. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't hate Ghost I don't think he deserves him. the some of some of the hate it has received because it's one I of the th- better I think, ones. I think people really, really love Ghost in the Shell, though. I think that's the yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I also I loved Cowboy Bebop. I say loved it. I, I really liked the live action Cowboy Bebop. Again, that they, they got the characters pretty spot on i'd say apart from vicious as you've already uh, <laughs> i i just mentioned it, i just think there's a weird tone thing wrong with cowboy bebop i do think they got the characters wrong wrong in some instances oh in yeah, some, no, yeah, I, yeah 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 but but yeah. i mean in jet, jet was fantastically cast and i, I, like I warmed to spike and i think faye was good as well we never get to see ed so yeah, and, and we and we never will because that thing is is Stone Cold dead. Yeah, they Could've they haven't some... said if they they haven't said if they're going to make a season two of One Piece yet. Honestly, it's all based on how successful it is, isn't it? Yeah, nowadays. but it was also it's also the most expensive television program ever made, so I don't think it's going to get a season two. Could be well, they can always cheap. lower the budget a little bit. Yeah, but do you want them honestly? No, not necessarily. So but if it means good. we'll get more of it, then. They might be able to cleverly cut back in some areas. Um, no, I I think it. I think from this point, it's more expensive. I think they've been quite clever with what they've done. Oh, in terms of what they've got to do, actually, yeah, that's yes. a great point. Because One Piece only gets more and more um, extravagant, shall we say? As it well, I mean, you, you're going to you would end up introducing. I mean, they they did in that first episode with Zoro. There was a member of. Um, what you call it, of uh, Baroque works. Yeah. So, like, they have hinted at some of that stuff. But, I mean, like, you got to go to Logetown. you got to, like, Smoker, for a start, is a massive CGI budget because he's a man <laughs> made of smoke. Chopper would be insane. A chopper would be in effect. Made... Everything would be in effect shot if you... Uh, chopper yeah. Everything. But also, eventually, so would be the case with Nico Robin. So it would be the case with Frankie, probably. Oh. Like... I, I think this is the I think this is the bit of One Piece you can do quite well with live action. I think if it's successful, they'll they'll, they'll go out there and. Do I think it. They'll, try. They'll, they'll try. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I know people who subscribe to Netflix for this. It was so curious yeah. that they they got a Netflix subscription, which is obviously what they're probably registering, right? They're probably looking at how many people watch it, how long they watch it for, and how many new people sign up to watch it specifically. So. Yeah, they want to use something like that thing they use for Mandalorian, the volume, to create some of the yeah. areas because mm-hmm. you couldn't build sets for everything you see in one one piece, could you? No, absolutely not. That Water Seven when they, when they get there, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Go watch it. Happy Sorry, this about is that for a while. For but yeah. um, yeah, have you been playing anything lately, Matthew? I have. Um, so I might have mentioned it on this podcast. I've been on a bit of a Gundam kick recently. Ah, um, yes. Oh, uh, Armored Core. Are we going to talk I, about? Yeah, exactly. So I, with you know all of the things in the air from Gundam and me going like ah, I like I like a good I like a good mech anime. Mm. I like a good mech game. Um, Armored Core is a series that I have kind of engaged with, but like not extensively um i played the first one to death on the playstation because i had it um but the modern armored core games are very different from that and the one i think i played the most in what is considered the current 
formula for Armored Core was one of the ones on the 360. I'm just trying to find the subtitle for it. Um, is it just called Armored Core Five? I thought it, I thought it had a sub name, but it no. This isn't the one I. Hmm. Let me look. Armored Core, Xbox 360. Because there's loads of spin-offs and stuff as well. Armored Core is a strange, strange series. Yeah, I played Armored Core 5 Verdict Day. That is definitely the subtitle. I was like, it isn't just called Armored Core 4. Um, I bounced off it because at the time, I thought the whole... I was kind of expected to be a big bombastic mech game. I'd heard good things about the series. And then I was quite surprised to see that it was still mission-based Armored Core. Like... The structure of these games is essentially like you have your big robot, you do your things up, and then you go on a mission. And a mission can literally be like a five-minute long mission. They're not long. They don't overstay their welcome. They are challenging, but generally speaking, what happens is you get dropped into a world and you just kind of... It's got an old-school like video game level feel to it that at the time, I think, when I played it, I was like, oh, this feels, this feels so old and so outdated. Why are we doing this? Why is this a thing? And so I bounced off it. Um, I I think I only got it because I picked it up in a charity shop, and I was like, well, let's give this a try. Armored Core 6 is very much that. Armored Core 6 is the story of you as an unnamed uh, human protagonist. You get dropped on a world called Rubicon. And like the drink. You, yes, like, like the drink, uh, to find a essentially defined fame and fortune like you're ejected from this spaceship as an artificial human and you're told right you need to go pilot an armored core an ac um and yeah because you're a special boy and you're pilot you're going to we're gonna just like take on mercenary contracts and so the first thing you do when you land is you kind of run around and have to find like um a, a in your mech, be, I, I assume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were always in your mech. You were never yeah. out of your mech. You never see the pilot. So you're just running around this planet trying to find um, license that you can steal and like go under a pseudonym to start getting work so you can start earning money for you and your handlers, presumably on the ship you get fired out at the start. Turns out that Rubicon has two warring factions. There's a there's a corporation called Balam who wants this resource on the planet called Coral, which is essentially like super oil is the only way I can really describe it. Um, it's the the big thing that powers all the armored core. The unobtainium, the yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like it's super fuel, essentially. What it is, yeah. you need it for starships, you need it for colonizations, you need it for everything. Always with the fuel. Exactly, and so generally speaking, what it is is like a dystopian hellscape of a future where corporations are battling over resources, okay. and you, as an armored core pilot, to kind of be in playing both sides and kind of bouncing back and forth between these things. The tears of Rubicon. It, is that what it's it called? The fires of Rubicon. Is it not yeah. called tears? Yeah, not tears. No, I'm getting it confused as Zelda, aren't I? You are tears of the kingdom. Fires of the Kingdom, different vibe. Tears of the Kingdom, very sad. Fires of Rubicon. I imagine there's a few tears on the Rubicon as well. I imagine there's a few tears on the Rubicon. God knows I've killed a lot of people. Um, I think you've got a podcast title anyway. Tears of the Rubicon. (laughs) Uh, 
You can put the... Oh, no, I'm not going to give you thumbnail ideas. You can come up with that yourself. Anyway, so you go around this world. Um, you get an armored core. Uh, it is third-person action game. You are in a mech. You are going around the environment. You're shooting stuff. It feels really good. Um, it Definitely, I have seen some people criticize the environments in this game as feeling a bit old. I, I can kind of echo that. I'm just like, okay, this this doesn't feel like cutting-edge graphics on everything. I'm sure it looks fine, but like the important thing is the mechs move fast. There's no slowdown in combat. It keeps a constant 60 frames a second from what I've seen. Yeah, and, and if, they, if, if that's key. the way they've managed to get 60 frames per second, fine. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Because I imagine it's fast. It is. It's yeah. crazy fast. Yeah. And like even when I have kind of I like a big tanky mech. I like I like a big walking round really slowly, firing massive missile barrages at people mech in these games. Is why I thought I would love Chrome Hounds on the three sixty, but then that was just real slow. That was that was tanks the mech game and I was like, no, that this is too slow. So so in I terms need... of speed, are we talking like Zone of the Enders fast or if you want it to be, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there has been a lot of me. That is fast, like said, isn't it? I'd... It's been a while since I've played it, but I, I remember it being particularly speedy. No. Yes. Um. The the thing that is right. So what this game is, if I had to boil it down to its essence, is that yes, it's got bits of Zone of the Enders in here. What I would say this is is more Ace Combat. Um, I did wonder about that... that, like a mech simulator. Yes. Uh, very yeah. much so. Mm. So you are, you you go on a mission. You have a very set parameter. You have a very set space. There are enemies and everything else, and you tune your mech based on the missions you're doing. You don't have to do it too much at the moment where I am. I just beat the first chapter. I beat the first quote unquote big boss, yeah. which is called the Juggernaut. I've heard because I did watch a video review of this. Yeah, I heard that's quite comprehensive the customization it looked quite uh, a lot of information on the screen in terms of what you can there there is customize. a lot of information on the screen and there are a lot of bits that you can customize and mm. like when you look at it you're like oh my god all these heads have different stats and all the things all you really need to bear in mind and what i figured out already is there are three kinds of mech you can build you can build a light mech that goes real fucking fast you can build a medium mech, which is what I spec, which does the best of both, or you build a heavy mech that is big tanky boy, move real slow, fire real heavy. Mm. And on top of that, you have like, are you going to fight like close range? Are you going to fight medium range? Are you going to fight long range? Obviously, big heavy tanky boy, perfect for long range. Get massive missile launchers on the back of you, just stand there, spam your trigger buttons, just blow everything up before they can even get to you. Light guy, maybe you want a shotgun. Maybe you want to spec in sabers and swords and stuff so you can just go in, right, rip shit yeah. up, and get back out again quickly. I can do what I do. Build a medium mech. Big chunky boy. Not too heavy, so you can still fly around. You can still jump in the air. But then you have a nice beam rifle. And you have a sword. Here's so a if question. people do get into you, you chop them up. Can you have a scythe? I haven't seen one yet. That'll be a nice no. little touch for those uh, Gundam no. Wing fans. I, oh man, <laughs> I am honestly, I am trying to make my my armored core look the most like Shah Aznable Zaku as I possibly can. I have a beautiful salmon pink mech, and I'm just tearing shit up. It's yeah, colors. yeah. So you can customize the colors. 
fully, can you? You can. Mm. And I have seen some insane shit online where people have even gone like, right, cool, I'm going to actually like customise the decals and stuff. The, the decals? The decos and stuff on these things. Decals. To like make decor. Decor? Oh, my God. I, I thought it was brain. decals. It is decals, but it's like, I wanted to say decor, but I, I couldn't okay. for some reason. Um, you can You can literally, like, make different like decals and stuff that you can put on top that help change the shape so i saw someone had made like the megazord from power rangers which i thought was pretty fucking good yeah that's um, cool yeah, yeah. Sorry. There's, there's lots of customization <laughs> options there's lots of cool stuff in this game i really like it i don't think if you are a from software person i'm not a from game... software person the, the, I, yeah, but I, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, this is an Elden Ring. And I'm like, no, it never was going to be. It's an armored core game. I, I could be a From Software person, but I, I can't get on with Dark Souls. I can tell you that. But Tom Parry, like, I. So I had heard something um, from a review, I believe it was the Kotaku review, that was like, this game is harder than Sekiro. And I was like, well, fuck that, because Sekiro is just an unpunishable, is just such a punishing mountain of a game that I don't want to play it. This is not Sekiro. Mm. This is a completely different game. It requires a different skill set. You are not doing the same, hey, I need to like parry and do all of these things. I need to look at timing windows. Yes, enemies have patterns. You will learn patterns. But it, it's more, honestly, it's more akin to like a third-person bullet hell game mm. than it is a traditional Souls game. It's also not very <laughs> long, by yeah. Souls game standards, apparently you can beat this game in about 15 hours. I've played it for roughly three, and I beat the first chapter of, of five. So that seems to track at the moment. And honestly, while I got absolutely decimated by the boss at the end of the first prologue bit, I was like, "How the what the fuck is this game? Why is this so hard? Once I kind of figured it out how to beat it, I died against the Juggernaut, which is like the first game like the, I knew about the Juggernaut because I'd seen people complaining on Twitter how hard it was. I fucking thrashed it in three goes. So I was like, okay, actually, no, I know, I know what to do in this game because I've played enough shooters and I've played enough third-person action games, like you know, Shadows of the Damned or whatever, <laughs> to be like, right, cool, I know what to do. I know what to do in this environment. I know how to get around this. I know how to play this game. And I'm having a really good time with it. It's definitely got its, oh, just one more hook. Oh, that's great. In me. And it's on it's everything, great. apart from Switch. It's on everything. I almost accidentally bought it on PS4 because it's on everything. Yeah, apart, um, from, apart from yeah. Switch, yeah. Apart from Switch, yeah. It, it's not on the Switch, bless it. But I, I, fortunately, I've got another game I'm playing on my Switch at the moment. Yeah. So that's all well and good. Yeah, it's, it's on yeah. Xbox One and PlayStation 4 also, yeah. It is. It's on everything. Uh, PC. Really cool. Yeah. It's definitely it, on PC, it, is it? It's 100% on PC. Hmm? It's good. It Honestly, I, I had... I very much had From Software fear picking this game up. Because it was like... Well, it's a lot of money, I imagine, uh, currently, the game. Yeah, so I I picked it up in... Because, as I mentioned, we were in Spain. Um, and I went to Gibraltar because I was like, well, we're going to... We were staying around, like, the south of Spain, so we went to Gibraltar for the day. Very surreal experience for Brits who haven't been... Oh, there. yeah, I've, I've seen it, a, a few videos of Gibraltar. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's, it's very strange. But the, the cool thing about Gibraltar is, other than the fact that it, it's clearly kitted for tourists and so there's, like, 7,000 toy shops... All of which had like 
Digimon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, like annoyingly every card but One Piece. And like anywhere I went, I managed to get one starter deck, but they were like, "No, we sold out." Sorry, like. <laughs> so it is. It's very popular there, and they, I couldn't get hold of it. But I was like, "Man, why haven't toy shops around here got all of these cool collectible card games? This sucks." This very small area has, like, every shop has the option of buying these things, and yet in Denmark you can't, you can only buy Pokemon cards. Anyway, I digress. While I was there, I saw that there was one copy of the PS5 version of Armored Core left in the video game shop there. I was like, ooh, we love the English box. I should probably grab that, because I'm a sucker for a good box, and if I'm going to buy it physical, I don't want it to be in Danish, Swedish, Norwegian, and Finnish. So I grabbed it, it was cheaper than back home. Hmm. Jobs are good, and I got a patch and a sticker as well because it was a launch edition. Oh, lovely, good game. I enjoy it. I look forward to well, playing more go. of it. It gets the Tom and Matt attack thumbs up. That's Armored Core Six, the Fires of Rubicon. I was waiting to see if you could remember yeah. it. Yes, yeah. Fires of Rubicon. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Have you been playing anything? You say that with some trepidation. Like, have you been playing anything? Is there anything I you've mean, got you can talk about this week? Um, well, I actually, um, this morning, I played a bit of Dirt 5. This isn't going to be exciting, is it? But I did yeah. manage to complete the game, at least, you know, do what the game considers you to have completed it by doing. That, Christi- that is a terrible Christina sentence. Aguilera's dirty play? What's that? Does Christina Aguilera's dirty play? <laughs> as it shows, like, the best bits of your car doing laps. I got a hundred... G achievement for effectively completing the game, doing the last race um, in the career mode. Right. I've been playing this game for ever since I got Game Pass, which was a while ago now. My Game Pass actually runs out sometime next year. Uh, but um, I, I was playing it earlier. This game is beautiful. I just wanted to say it's one of the best looking games I have I have ever seen, perhaps. Yeah, I think okay. something about the environments and the lighting, um, it really does elevate it a lot um, in terms of, yeah, the atmosphere and such. And of course, it's a great uh, driving game to begin with. But uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to just find out how many hours it's taken me to get that far. There are a few, few more races to do, obviously. Um, yeah. There always is something else you can do. But I got the achievement called Now I Am The Master. And that made wow. me feel rather good. And the fact that it was good. 100G, I was like, yeah. But that's Think only... that Sorry. picture, put it on your fridge. Yeah, exactly. The achievement. But that's only 13 of 40 trophy um, achievements. And uh, that's only 390 game score out of uh, 1,800 game score. So I've, I've, even though I've been playing this game now for... Many it says I've only played it 16 hours. I thought I played it more than that. 16 hours 15 minutes. Hmm, okay. You could have completed uh, Fires of the Rubicon, could have done, but I've been playing this game for what feels like probably a couple of years. (laughs) I will confirm to you next week at the start of the podcast or the next time we do it on the next episode of Tom Rat Attack how long we have been talking about you playing Dirt 5, because it is something that is in my memory to be like, of course you're playing Dirt 5. Well, Dirt 5 is, Dirt 5 is my go-to game if I don't know what else to play, if I just want, because more often than not now, I just want something that I know how to play, and I know how I know one triggers accelerate and one triggers brake. 
and I don't really have to think about much else other than getting through the race. So um, I do often uh, revert back to driving games. I was playing Project Cars 3 as well, which is, you know, nearly, I think about 40 hours on that one. So I played that a bit, a bit more. But okay. yeah, I do find myself uh, always uh, going back to driving games or fighting games, saying that I haven't played uh, Street Fighter uh, 6 in a little while. Uh, I have been trying out my gaming PC. Um, I've got a bit of a Steam library, so I've just been trying various yeah. things on that. I thought, I don't know if I spoke about this. Oh, I talked about Quake. Yeah, Quake 2. You did, yeah. And you were like, oh, Quake 2, that's an old game. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, but I played Doom 2016 on it, and, and I thought that, ooh. Also an old game. 2016, it's not, not as old as Quake 2. And then no. um, I played GTA 5 on it. Oh, that's an old game, okay. isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's an ancient game. <laughs> but uh, both we were those, living those, together when that game came out, Tom. Both those games look great uh, on the PC, you know. Um, I mean, I'm just impressed to see something like that on a PC. I've never had a PC in my life that could run a game flawlessly, like that yeah. of that sort of level. Um, but they, yeah, I had to go, oh, I've got a little, I've got me, because I'm recording the podcast today on the PC, so I can see the desktop of the PC. I can, I can tell you what, what, what I've been playing here. Because um, you are a fancy man now. Fancy man indeed. Oh, I played a bit of the Hyenas Closed Beta. I can talk about that, can't I? What's Hyenas? Hyenas. This is a uh, Sega-published game from Creative Assembly. Uh, now, okay. this is fully public. Uh, I'm allowed to talk about it, uh, but uh, staff were given a closed beta code. I don't know who else got it. Maybe not just Sega staff, whatever. But um, I have only played the tutorial. <laughs> okay. So... All I can say about it is it's quite a unique um, character first-person shooter where you are in space and all these... um, It's like treasure. You go onto a spaceship, like a a warehouse spaceship. What would you call that? (laughs) Like a freight spaceship. But it's got all of the old stuff on it, like retro stuff. And the idea is all this retro stuff has become really valuable, which is very sort of current and yeah. you're competing to get the treasure and get it off the the ship this looks cool yeah it's uh, stylistically as well it's quite cartoony mm-hmm. which is which is unique and it plays well as anti-gravity bits so sometimes you're shooting in anti-gravity which is again a bit of a unique twist on it, it the concept is actually relatively straightforward to pick up uh I can see this being a lot of fun. I only wish I played it a bit more you know, competitively before chatting on the um, podcast. But first impression is really good, actually, of Hyenas. So uh, I don't know uh, when the game's out yet, but I can say from playing the closed beta, it did seem pretty much all there. I think they're just, just continuing to, to test the uh, the the online because it is an online game. Yeah. Um, the from what I can see on the old Google it says the Hyenas release date is 2023 so there's no confirmed release. No, date no. Yet, so, yeah. so you might see it before the end of the year. Um that's all I know. So Cool. That's cool. Keep, keep your eyes out for Hyenas. I'm not just saying that because, because of the publisher but um it does seem pretty good and it was cool to have the uh, chance chance to play that. And Creative Assembly their output has been pretty solid. 
Uh, they're responsible for Total War. They also did Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's a, they're a good studio. So this is another seemingly quality product from them. Cool. Look forward to giving it a go myself uh, when it comes to the PS5. Yeah, yeah, it's it's coming to consoles too. Uh, I played Return to Castle Wolfenstein briefly. That's yeah. an old game. <laughs> it is a very old game. <laughs> Happened okay. to have it. A uh, bit of worms. What, what I was really thinking of when I was getting, you know, getting my library together and everything and thinking, oh, what gaps are there? They're all games that I had on my old uh, Windows computer. You know, my old, uh, it was Windows yeah. ME I was uh, using at the time. Um, prior to that, it was 95, uh, of course, and um, games like Worms. And uh, there, there are other ones as well uh, that I can't look. The CDI games that are on uh, Steam, like uh, Lost Eden, yeah. which was uh, mm-hmm. a game I really loved on CDI, uh, atmospheric point and click adventure game. Uh, so, yeah. so, so I was eager to sort of add uh, Lost Eden there. I have fond memories of playing demos of Age of Empires, so I was dabbling a bit of Age of Empires 2 and feeling all nostalgic the other day. Um, I've got Fallout 3 on there. But I haven't played it yet. I'm, I'm, I would like to get. I've played it before, of course. But um, Warhammer uh, Forty Thousand: Dawn of War. I'd like yeah. to uh, to try that one out. I'm, I'm eager to do a bit of RTS with, with you know, the mouse and keyboard scene, and also because I've been playing the um, the, the FPS games. I've got Half Life on there as well. Yeah. Um, all the quakes, I... all the dooms. See, admittedly, this is not the most like taxing use of your PC, so I I cannot be like, oh, you're playing old games. Um, <laughs> you should you should go on HIO and just like start exploring weird indie stuff because there's lots of really cool, also free experiences on that site that I I think I, I'm not familiar with it. HIO, you say? What is that? Itch dot io. Hate dot io. Itch. Itch. Oh, so you said hate. Sorry, yeah. man. I t c h dot io. Um, it's a it's a website Itch. where most of the independent developers post all of their games. Um, it's full of really cool stuff. Oh, I'm learning all the time. Well, this is the thing you you've been so withdrawn from the world of PC that you don't even know the plethora of things that are available to you. you no, know, I'm just playing stuff. games that I have uh, some nostalgia for a lot of the time. Um, cool. Thanks for that, Matt. I'll add it to uh, my favourites. Yes. On so Microsoft like Edge. <laughs> I, oh God! I, right, no, no, that's not allowed. I'm sorry. You can play Quake Two all you want on your new computer. Please get a decent browser. Anyways, um, right. Okay, so that has been your foray into uh, PC gaming. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't, I'm trying to think if I'm um, overlooking anything. Uh, but yeah, that, I've, I, I'm downloading pre-installing Starfield on the yeah. old Xbox Series S. I heard great things about Starfield. I've seen actually graphical comparisons between the S and the X, and actually the S seems to be holding up pretty well. So I'm, I think I'm in for quite a, a visceral uh, experience, uh, complete with those SSD load times. Because uh, I know there's there's a bit of loading between areas. It's not your uh, fully open uh, game, like maybe no. people wanted. But I think um, Bethesda were quite upfront with that, weren't they? About yeah, this isn't going to be like completely no open ended like yeah. um, No Man's Sky. But uh, I look forward to that's released Wednesday. I noticed you it could um, pay for an upgrade that would enable you to play it right away. 
Yeah, it's 32 quid, I think. Right? Yeah, but Someone you're not said. buying the game, you're buying the upgrade. So once you don't have Game Pass anymore, you're stuck with a useless upgrade, aren't you? Yeah, that's, that seems a bit... <laughs> so you're paying £32 pounds just to play it early, but providing that you're going to keep Game Pass for the rest of your life if you want to... Uh... I am, there must be some kind of like discount to actually purchase the game afterwards. I There must be. I can't see any other way. Mm. I, I haven't I know. gone that see, way. I, I'm I, I don't know. Wait. I haven't explored it because I don't have an Xbox. I just saw it was £32. Pound. I was like, yeah, mm. you, you knew that one. Yeah, I, I, I saw that and got a little confused. I was like, what is it, what's going on here? But that's just an upgrade, yeah. 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 That, that also enables you to play it a few days early. So I'm sure there's lots of people out there who I'm sure. eager I'm... to play it, and and I've gone down that route. But I have you were not one no. of them. No. no, that's fair. I honestly, I was actually wondering when we started this podcast. I was like, hmm, has he played Starfield? No, I was like, no, it isn't actually out yet. No, it isn't out. And I had to delete Halo Infinite to get it on the hard drive. So uh... well, because you know. Halo Infinite's going to take up your whole hard drive and more, isn't it? It's well, it's not too bad, actually. It's more than Starfield. It was at 69 gig. Uh, but it was just the right amount to fit Starfield on there because I wasn't going to delete Biomutant. And they... no, I, I had to delete Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 actually, to install Armored Core because while Armored Core isn't very big, I think it's like 45 yeah. gig. I'm really... Final Fantasy 16 takes up like 200 gig. Wow. Like, That's literally a fifth of my hard drive. I'm juggling this play. 500 gigabyte Xbox Series S hard drive best I can. I'm reluctant to pay the senior prices for the memory expansion on the Series S. I had seen that Amazon was having a gaming sale at the moment. I know PS5 memory was cheap on there, hopefully for your case. Yeah, PS5 memory is, you know, usually <laughs> cheaper than yeah. Xbox memory. Because so it's I not did... a, sp- a specific Seagate card. No, yes. I, I did upgrade my PS5 some time ago, and it was one of the... Yeah, it was a great thing to have done, I think. Because <laughs> they don't I have need, to worry to so some... much about... More memory on, in it on that one. Uh, so yeah, look, I will obviously when we next do a podcast, whenever that might be, I will have played Starfield, so I can talk to that a little bit. Cool in the gang. I look forward to hearing about it. Um, I have played uh, one more game. Um, I I bought Sea of Stars. Um, I played a bit of the demo. Uh, but but Matt, between... what is Sea of Sea of Stars? Is it what right? Is it? Yeah. So. Um, you and I, Tom Parry, think back to the hazy, crazy days of 2018. The Messenger. I up earlier. The Messenger by a studio called Sabotage. We loved it. It was a Ninja Gaiden-esque side-scrolly game um, that had some quirky humour. It was had some wonderful stuff with um, 8-bit aesthetics. And to spoil a five-year-old game, sorry, um, if you don't want to... Talk, hear this bit skip forward like 30 seconds i did an amazing thing where it went from 8 bit to 16 bit to like infer time travel and it's still something that has stuck with me to this day i'm like wow that's really cool that's a really really smart thing to do in a video game i cannot wait until see what sabotage does next fast forward uh rewind a little bit from today but fast forward from 2018 um to the announcement of their next project called sea of stars um which is essentially a love bet a love letter to the Super Nintendo RPGs of old. Um, I have tuned in a lot of like top level reviews for this game because it's done very well. Uh, references to hey, this reminds me of Chrono Trigger. Oh, this has definitely got Final Fantasy VI influence. I would actually say that <laughs> they all sound yes, like a bit while, constipated, while Matthew. It, these reviews. While it does, <laughs> I mean, most 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 critics are Tom Parry. I certainly am right now. Um, the the thing is, 
I also think that it owes some stuff more to thing like I I just I think it embraces the full sixteen bit spectrum is what I'm trying to say. It isn't just beholden to square spectrum. Games. You I did see... say spectrum, didn't you? I did say the spectrum. I think because I think of constipation. I thought you said rectum. Continue. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the the it owes something to the full spectrum of like Super Nintendo games, like not just Square. There's definitely bits of like Zelda in there. There's definitely bits of the Enix, um, like time, like illusion of time, Terranigma. Like it's definitely something without the puzzles work and how you maneuver around the environments. Reminds me of those games. There's also. Like, I don't know. It could just be how it looks and how it f- feels in combat. There's definitely some hearkening to Golden Sun for me, which is a, mm. a game series I also love um, from Camelot. Yeah. It, it's, it's got really cool stuff in it. It, it looks gorgeous. It plays really well. The combat system, from what I've seen so far in the first hour of playing this game, has been really interesting. So, so it's got all the technical aspects right. Yes, it does. Um, so the story is essentially you are playing as two people at the start and you get to pick which one of them you want to be your main character. Um, the, essentially, there's there's two people. One of them's called uh, Valera, I think is the girl's name, and Zale is the guy's name. Okay. Um, you are both... Uh, children of the solstice and essentially you are training to become like magical protectors of the realm um and what it, the game does is, is it opens in you kind of being on the first mission thing you're doing to prove yourself worthy to go out into the world and become knights of the solstice and it then flashes back to your childhood and shows some of the stuff that you got up to when you were a kid and how you trained to be this and everything else so far, the story seems really interesting. There's been reference of a big bad guy called the Fleshmancer. Oh which my I was lord! Like, what a name! Yeah, tell me about it. I was just like, is that because the 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 game has a very really interesting one. I don't want to spoil too much of the story beats, but there's been mentioned this big bad called a Fleshmancer, and essentially, you have <laughs> the been say again. Fleshmancer, not the flesh monster, not the flesh monster, okay. the Fleshmancer. I'm sure he will be a monster, but that is not. And I'm sure he's got some flesh. Way. Or maybe he hasn't I'm, got flesh I'm, and he's trying to get flesh off people. Exactly. Or maybe he controls people like puppets. Who knows, Tom? I'm too early in the game. Essentially, what happens is look you, him up. you go out on this thing and you 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 have a bit of combat experience. You, you walk around a little bit. You solve an interesting puzzle and then it flashes back to when you were a kid. And through that, it's essentially the tutorial section of the game. It teaches you all you need to know about combat. It gives you an introduction to the world. tells you more about uh, the characters and everything else. The combat system's kind of interesting. It reminds me of uh, the Mario and Luigi games a little bit because there is an element of timing to everything you do within combat. Um, if you press A at the right time just before you strike, you gain an added attack. If you press it at the right time before... You do, uh, before you get hit by an enemy, you defend, etc., etc. The smart thing this game does, which is maybe also reminiscent of something like uh, Bravely Default, is you can see how many turns you have until the enemies attack you at all times. You get a little bubble above their head that says like one or two or three. And so, Unlike a Final Fantasy VII, because that's the game I'm just going to pull from the thing, there's not like 
this active time battle stuff. So what happens is there's not a meter filling up where you're waiting for you to be able to attack with Valera or Zale. It it allows you to go right cool looking at this enemy and its weaknesses rather than just go full like throw an attack with Zale when I know that this enemy is weak to lunar magic which is what Valera can do. I can just click left and just use all of my attacks that turn until the enemy attacks with Valera. Hmm. Obviously, there are pros and cons to that. You will lose more mana and everything else because you're only using one character, but you can actually just unload on an enemy with one character if you know they got certain weaknesses. There are moments in the game where you kind of get a warning when an enemy is going to cast a a big damaging effect and it'll come up with a timer but it'll also give you like a roulette wheel style thing of like hey these are the kinds of tacks you can use to disrupt this so there right now i zale has slash because he's got a sword and i think valera has blunt attack it's called and so you get a little hammer come up and it's like right blunt, i need to hit it with blunt attacks or there'll be a little sword and you're like right i need to hit it with swords or it'll be magic and so the combat system, even from the off, has got a lot of really cool stuff going on with it. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to see how they build this further down the line, when obviously in traditional RPG fashion, I imagine that I'm probably going to get more character members. There will probably be different synergies between them of the different kinds of magic they can use. But all in all, so far, it, it's not a passive combat experience, and I find that really interesting. It actually keeps you playing the game rather than just like clicking the A button to attack. It's got some really cool stuff as well with recovery and how you actually pace your, your battle out. Your magic you can use. So Zale, like I said, he is the sun guy, so he can do a big fireball. You hold down A and there's like a window of timing to like get a critical hit from it. With Luna, you you with the Luna magic for Valera, you kind of throw out a boomerang shaped like the moon and like you have to click A at the right time to play lethal tennis like in Zelda it it does some really cool stuff and then on top of that when you time your attacks perfectly you recover MP so like you can't just go balls to the walls with magic because it costs a lot of MP you need to be like right cool this enemy is weak to this so I'm going to use magic here but then I'm going to attack this one to recover my MP it also does a really nice thing where if one of your party members dies in combat, which, you know, sometimes happens in a in a role-playing game, they fall down and then they get, like, three little stars above their head. And it essentially means, like, right, you've got... After three attacks, this person will get back up with 50% of their HP. So it's like, you can time that stuff. And I imagine, if this game is smart and kind of seeing what it's doing... There'll perhaps be attacks or enemies that do things like death in Final Fantasy. I could see a really cool scenario where you're like, right, cool. Actually, I'm going to taunt this enemy with this character, let them die, and then shell up with my other characters. The fact that I can see those possibilities with combat already from playing this game for an hour is just like, man, this, this feels like something special. This feels like the kind of role-playing game that is akin to the Super Nintendo games that comes along every once in a while and blows everyone's mind. And looking at the scores and looking at the fact that it's pretty much like a clean sweep of 9s and 10s across the board makes me think that my excitement for this game is justified. 
On top of that, though, Tom, because I can see you're just looking at me going, you're talking a lot about RPGs. <laughs> Story seems really good. The writing seems really fun. No, I am listening. It, it's, it's got this whole thing of... Like, if you play the demo, it's a bit further along, and so actually it kind of spoils one or two of the story beats they set up in the start, because I'm like, well, you're talking about this character not being here, but I know this character will eventually show up because they're in the demo. There's lots of like, there's lots of fun stuff. It kind of the writing style is definitely that goofy messenger style as before. Clearly, they can write like really solid, like oh, you know, we are being serious pop points, but they they're not taking it too seriously. Like the characters and their interactions. That makes it fun, other. doesn't it? That, that, that's it a, does. Not dry and and dull, but yeah. It, like in the demo, there was a a bit like the first. Literally, the first scene of the demo is you have an arm wrestle, um, or like you're gonna have an arm wrestle with this guy, and you're like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I'm super strong." And then, like, the first thing he does is like, "Okay, cool, you're arm wrestling this guy," and like he's there, and he's just this weedy little dude. <laughs> he just like hulks out, <laughs> and just like his shirt rips, and he does like muscle flexes and winks, and I just like uh, yes, personality. This is what, this is what I want. Yeah, sounds exactly. good. It's really fun. Uh, also, one surprise thing that I saw very early into this game in the flashback sequence, just uh, it just inserts like a couple of seconds of like beautifully animated cutscene, and I'm like, oh, this game knows what it's doing. This game is harkening mm. back to like how well cutscenes can be doing to convey emotion, how well like just that sprinkling of extra animation to help build the world up and help establish these characters. Sea of Stars. Yeah, it's dope. Great Tom, reviews honestly, coming in for this one. That's what I'm saying. Like across the board I've seen nines and tens. Like mm. it it seems like a very special game. I really liked the messenger. I would have bought this regardless because I liked what Sabotage did in their last game. And um, what what is nice. this available on? Everything? Everything. I bought it on Switch because I was just like, right, if it's getting this good reviews, yeah, I want to have it on a console that A, I can potentially travel with if I really felt the urge, but B, I just wanted to be able to be like, right, cool. RPGs can be quite long and daunting. I don't want to hog up our entire television in the living room for hmm. however long this is. I haven't checked. I imagine it's probably like 30 hours long to beat what are we looking at include switch that's great yeah it is i mean it's it's the perfect i mean it, it will run on switch. that's usually that something can run fine on the switch it'll be on the switch you know yeah right. 26 hours main story main story inside 32 completionist 41 good with that i'm happy with a 20 odd hour game if it maintains this level of quality, if the combat remains as engaging as it is, I am there for it. I've heard, just reading up then, the Fleshmancer was mentioned in something to do with the messenger. I thought so. Yeah. I tried to look that up before this, and I was like, I don't want to accidentally soil Sea of Stars no, myself. No, no, no. The, the connection between the Fleshmancer and the messenger, it would seem. I, I think there is a connection between this universe and that the I've messenger. read as much, yeah, and is set in the same universe as the messenger. But is there a period of time? It's set in a different time. Period, right. I so i I need. I'm going to potentially mark this as spoilers for people who want to play this game for the next two or three minutes. So, this game starts with a. 
you seeing someone in a chair called the archivist and i'm pretty sure they were in the messenger and they're like oh well we miss we must defeat the flashman sir they're like i'm going through this archive because i can remember a story of like brave warriors in years past fighting uh, and defeating the flashman sir da, 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 da. and i but i can't remember the story I'm going to look into this because it may give us some truths for the future and everything else. And I'm wondering if it's going to do something absolutely bananas and, like, change genre at some point in reflection to that. I don't know. This is purely speculation on my part. But, yes, it does seem to hint towards stuff that happened in The Messenger. Mm. And that's why I'm like, oh, yes, please. But please at the same time, it's also accessible. Switch up completely accessible if you have no knowledge of the messenger i imagine as well oh no 100 percent. like mm. uh, that starting thing like as someone who played enjoyed and beat the messenger i'm like is it, I, but I for those who have played the messenger, messenger you get a little bit uh a little bit extra i'm i'm hoping they actually like lean into that stuff i'm hoping they do a final fantasy 16 stuff where they're just like oh the messenger can join your party or something but let's see but it's set it's set way back in time so i don't they're gonna do that but like maybe it's a descendant of them or whatever who knows mm. time travel was in that game it would be possible anyway i think you're I in for a treat like uh with that I, one by the sounds of it i i look forward to talking more about it it, it honestly is one of those games where i I had to pry myself away from Armored Core because I was enjoying Armored Core so much. But now I'm like, oh, I could just play The Messenger. I could mm. just play a little bit more. It's a I, good... I could go back and play that or I could play more Sea of Stars. Like, I hear a lot of I talk... I like Sabotage. Mm. I hear a lot of talk this year uh, being a particularly good year for games. Would you agree? What do you think about that? I mean... Do you think it's any I... better than other years? Are people just getting I, excited I because a there's a lot of good... big releases right now? No! I, I think I th- honestly I think 2030 uh, 2023 will go down as a as a solid year for games. I mean, you got Tears of the Kingdom, you got the Resident Evil Four remake, you got Final Fantasy sixteen, Hogwarts Legacy was seemingly enjoyed by a lot of people. Diablo Four seems to be a bit hit and miss. Street Fighter Six, Baldur's Gate Three, which is a game neither of us have played, no. but I've heard yes, nothing I heard good things, things about. Yeah. Um, the Dead Space remake came out this year. There's a new Fire Emblem game this year, like Minecraft Legends. Mario came out. Wonder is coming out this year. They're re-releasing Super Mario RPG, which I can't fucking wait for because I love that game to pieces. Uh, Actually, it's more it's more a miss for me. I correct myself on an earlier comment. It's more to say that the combat system is actually reminiscent of Super Mario RPG than okay. Mario and Luigi games because that's definitely a factor there. Um. The Persona Tactics game is coming out. I mean, we already had Ishin, but we're also going to get um, Like a Dragon Gaiden. Sonic uh, Superstars is looking good. Sonic Superstars looks really good. Um, One Piece Odyssey came out. I enjoyed that. Like, as you say, Starfield, Alan Wake 2 supposedly coming out this year. Um, yeah. Uh, isn't Forza Motorsport coming out this year as well? Uh, I can't see proper Forza. Uh, I I completely forgot. Uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor also came out, which I heard nothing but good things about. Oh, that was a big one. Um, the Bayonetta Origins game was supposedly quite good. Um, Return to Dreamlands coming out. Yeah, it's coming out. Um, 
October 10th, Forza Motorsport. So those racing fans uh, have got that to look I mean, you, you had Hi-Fi Rush this year, which are all things considered. Did we get Gran Turismo 6 this year or last year? It was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so is it six? Sorry, it's seven, it's seven, not six. Seven. Okay. Seven was last There's year. There's also um, that... What the hell is the name of that uh, Jet Set Radio game that just came out that I wanted to play as well? Bomb bum Rush or something. What's it called? I'm trying to find out now. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk looks fucking I wicked. I think that came out. I almost bought it. Yeah. But I was like, I've just bought Armored Core and Sea of Stars. I can't. I haven't got much time to play games at the moment. Oh yeah, it's anyways. out. Less Whoa. cooler jets. Yeah, it's out. I saw it on the store. I was like, oh. And then I also saw Baldur's Gate. Was I was like, oh yeah. Too many good games, Tom. Too many good games. Yes. Yeah, so um, I think there's something for everyone. Uh, <laughs> by the I think that, honestly, I think this is a solid, solid year for video games. I. Yeah, I the fact that I haven't been able to go back and play Tears of the Kingdom, a game that I really enjoy because there are so many good games coming out with such frequency that I haven't been able to go back and play it, mm. says a lot to me. Well, I think that, that about uh, brings us to a close for this uh, episode. Do you say, Matt? I think so. Um, yeah, so it will be it will be at least two weeks before we podcast again. Apologies for that. Um, tell you why when I come back. Um and yeah, it, it, thank you for listening to us. I will hopefully have completed Sea of Stars, maybe by the time we podcast next, or at least Armored Core. Um, Tom will have played some Starfield, and oh, well. we will be here in your ear holes talking about something else. I am sure. If you've enjoyed us talking in ear holes, you can find more of us doing that exact same thing in a variety of places. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. Um, we are on X at the moment, though I may pull our account from X because they want to do some weird, hey, we're going to use all your data to promote and train AI, which I don't really feel comfortable about. So we're there at the moment at TMA Cast, um, at Game Boyle for me, at Tom Parry, Lab of him. I'm also on Blue Sky now at Game Boyle if you want to find me there. Um, we... Collectively, obviously, um, as a podcast, are in a variety of places for your listening pleasure as well, such as on blastprocess.com, tomamattack.com, forward slash podcast, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, cheeky rate and subscribe, etc., etc. As Tom mentioned, we're getting near episode 300, um, and when we do, we will have some cool, exciting things to share, I think, about the future of Tom and Matt Attack. But until then, if you have any particular memories of this podcast, if you have anything that you would like us to read out or any questions for us, go to one of those places. Um, you can also email us as well at com, at, uh, at gmail.com um, and we will read those out on this podcast. That would be great. Um, I mean, if you could do that, episode. please do. Uh, we'll be sure to talk about all the usual things on 300th episode, I'm sure. We will. We have to make a point um, of saying Shamu, Yakuza, Shadow of the Damned, Tomb Raider. 
<laughs> no, we don't. We don't have to mention Tomb Raider every time. Like I, I, I'd already mentioned like a dragon. I'd already mentioned Shadows of the Damned. I slipped that into Armored. Oh yeah, you did, didn't no. you? Yeah, yeah. Shenmue. Have but we said Shenmue yet? We we hadn't said Shenmue until you said it just now. It's like the Holy Trinity of Tom and Matt Attack, isn't it? It's like Shen, Shenmue, Yakuza, Shadows of the Damned. Oh, don't forget. Um, what's that one on three hundred and sixty that I always forget the name of? Um, El Shaddai. Yeah. Oh God. Good, I can't. That that's getting re released this year. I can't fucking wait to play that either. Yeah, Shadow of the Damned is that re released this year too? I, I can't be. remember. I, I actually have the Dead Space remake I can't the remember. the library, but I'm, it's I'm the not third day of September. September. <laughs> now you've dated the podcast. Oh, now I have to oh no, today. I've ruined wah, it, man. Wah, wah, Everyone will know how long fine. it's taken you to edit it. If they've listened that long. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, Tom, always a pleasure. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. And be sure, as always, to game on. Ooh, game on.